0: You're listening to the Auburn Express.
1: What's up and good morning, World Report family? It's your guy, Ike Jones, here. Jalen Williams declares for the NBA. LeBaron Phylon decommits from the 2024 class. It may be a little too early to hit the panic button, but I ain't gonna lie to y'all, I'm hovering over that Morning drop time Friday, April 21st. You got Ike Jones, B Will in here, War Report Family. B Will, how you doing today, man? Boy, what the hell? I don't what even know, bro. In the much. hell. In the past, what is it? Week and a half?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: West Flanagan left. hmm Marshall decommits. Mm-hmm. Janai Broom declares for the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Jalen Williams declared for the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. And now LeBaron Filon has decommitted from 2024. Mm. There's, a, there's a guy who I, 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 I like his opinion on a lot of things in regards to, to just sports and Auburn in general. Um, and he was talking about the potential to, uh for this decommitment. I do have a clip of a video of him talking. I'm going to play that real quick. But the other question surrounding the whole issue with West Flanagan is the recruiting because he has been heavily involved in one of the highly touted recruits for this coming season or this, uh, not this coming season, but the next class in 24 in LeBaron Falon. So is, is LeBaron still locked in with Auburn with Wes Flanagan being heavily involved in the recruiting? You've heard us say Plenty of times here on the war report, and it bears repeating in this situation. Players commit typically to coaches not programs in schools, right? So the relationships that you develop are the things that make you comfortable with wanting to come to a particular program. The question for LeBaron is, has he become more comfortable with the remainder of the staff who were not as heavily involved in his recruitment? So it's a really smart guy who said something about this during um, a, a, a program in regard to the, the recruitment of, of LeBaron Phylon. I, I don't, you know, I don't. As he's he's a really handsome guy. He usually knows what he's talking about, and um, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Right. But us let's,
0: let's talk about these players, man. <laughs> <laughs> you you listen. You called it. You you said I, it would be a risk. This is we see this so much, right? We see this all the time. Players, yeah. a, a coach goes somewhere else. Players follow. Yeah. Whether it's what what we have seen a lot is almost immediately in football, especially the first transfer portal. Their coach leaves. They're like, oh, my coach left. I'm out of here. And mm-hmm. then after the spring, what we're seeing is in the case of a, a school like Cincinnati, whose football recruits we're looking at more than a few of them now, they waited until the spring to say, all right, well, let me see what this new staff is about. No, nah, I don't like this. Let, let me go. We saw it yeah. going from Gus to Harson. We've seen it now going from Harson to Freeze. Uh, with basketball, it doesn't even matter if your coach leaves, players are leaving and decommitting at an uh, astronomical rate. Just because they think I might be able to get a better situation, whether that be playing time, whether that be NIL compensation. So, yes, it is critical that the player, like the coach he's going to play for, that the person he connected with is there at the school and on the staff, because it takes the slightest breeze of change to change these kids' mind. With that being said, I don't think, for that reason, I don't think it's really that big a deal. Mm. I, not that this, this is not about the quality of player that LeBaron Filon is. This is about how much talent will always be available from high school and the transfer Portland basketball going forward. The, the amount of experience that will be available. The fact that our guard situation is secure for the 2023 24 season. And I want to come back to that very point right there, but continue. And on top of that, Bruce is one good season away from turning that good guard situation into a deep run, and all of a sudden, being the the king on the block again, as far as being an attractive spot for top recruits. That's it, like that. It will change so quickly. His assistant coach hasn't been hired yet to replace Wes Flanagan. That guy is gonna have kids that follow him. Wherever he goes, we could be looking at a player that's coming with whoever the new assistant coach is. And I know there's a name that's been floating around. I think he was from Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. Um, All of these things could change quickly. We could be looking at a recruit at a guard position with three years of eligibility remaining. And then a a kid that's recruited out of high school say, oh, wait, no, he's not. No, I'm not going to get to play in time I want. I'm going somewhere else. I think now more than ever, we have to look at the next year, maximum two years, as the goal and the solution to roster management. I have to make sure my next year's roster is secure. Right now, the next year's roster at the guard position looks good. Now, you want to say if your front court? Uh, yeah, your front court looks a little shaky right now, honestly. And it does. And we need some, some bodies to start landing on the roster there. But guard is not a situation where I would be panicking right now at, at for the 23-24 season. Yes, for for
1: next season, I think we're okay at guard and right. Like, let's be clear: LeBaron Filon uh, is a 2024 commit, so he wouldn't be at Auburn this coming season. Right. No re- reason to be worried about that. But it does give me pause about. Here's here's what is, I think, interesting. Right, um, all of these things. It, why I've been raising the red flags about all of these movements is because of roster management. Right, mm-hmm. because. It's difficult to make a plan for how you want to attack the transfer portal. I think Coach Pearl and company were specifically looking for guards that would be a one-year patch deal in the transfer portal because they thought, I've got two prolific guards coming a year from now. I've got Aiden Holloway coming in this year. So – we don't know if he's going to be a one-and-done, right? But he's going to come in and he's going to play. You got Trey Donaldson. You don't know how well he's going to play, what he's going to do. But we've got this year taken care of. Mm-hmm. The past job, we just need to make sure we can bridge for this year because you know you're losing Wendell, right? Mm-hmm. After this year, you're likely going to be losing KD as well, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to lose at least Denver Jones. I don't know that he stays for two years. He's got the eligibility, but I—, I Right. I imagine he's a guy that wants to come light it up for a season, go to the league, right? right. So you've got Aiden. You don't know how well he's going to play. Is he going to be a one and done? If he's as good as everybody is projecting him to be, and he's the score, then he might decide I'm up out of here after one season. So you thought, let me just patch it for one year because I've got two prolific guys coming in the year after that. Now, you only got one, right? And so that plus plus. All of this stuff that's in flux with Jalen Williams declaring for the grab. I know everybody's like, oh, he's coming back. He's dead. You don't know that, man. Yeah. And again, this isn't me just trying to worry for no reason. Y'all know I'm the king of y'all need to relax. But basketball is different than football in the way in which guys can go pro and make decisions about their future. Right. The day to day dynamics of roster management are way different than football stuff. Right. Right. To your point, there's a lot of time between now and 2024, and there's a lot of things that could happen between other coaches leaving and going other places, which create voids, and coaches coming in. We haven't hired a new assistant. We don't know what that new assistant's going to bring to us. Right. I'm saying that for right now, it's not a good thing. Right, not-
0: and I, I don't, I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree that it's not a, that it's a good thing. Uh, That's a bad thing right now. We losing commitments. I think we're we're so used to what college sports was in years past where you get a commitment and that guy's going to be there and on your roster for three to four years, football or basketball. I mean, Auburn wasn't really dabbling in one and duns until like the last four or five years. So mm-hmm. that even was, was something that was foreign. We were happy when we had Nakora who came in, contributed, looked every bit of the part, got to the league, make us look good. The same thing for Jabbar. The same thing with even though he had played in college before, Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler. You come here, one year here, and then you're a pro's pro contributing on the next level. That's a great mm-hmm. look for us. right? But what we had grown used to was a guy coming in, signing out of high school, saying how much he loves the school. You see him get on the field, you see him contribute, whether he's great or just good, or he's just a guy who's, who's getting some rotation snaps. But he loves it here. You love him because you see him. You get to remember his name, remember these moments where he played. and And Hey, War Eagle, and, the, and they're a tiger for life. But thats I think we all have to get used to that not being the world we live in anymore. For sure. And and that's part of this is, oh, no, change. Yeah, change. Denver Jones might be the best two guard in the portal, all things said and done, even after everybody gets to the portal. And we didn't count on getting a two guard like that. Do we think we we're going to have a two guard like that before the end of the season? No. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We have no right. idea who's going to get in the portal, who they're recruiting behind the scenes. Even better yet, who has, whoever the new assistant coach is going to be, who has he been recruiting that he now has a leg up with? If he can go to Auburn and say, All right, here's how often you're going to be on TV. Here's what the NIL packages are looking like here. Come on home. We got you. Now we're in a different ballpark with, with access to more talent. Everything is going to be in flux. And I think we have to be okay with that. Our year to year, is I think our year-to-year is better than people think it's going to be. We've had some glaring roster issues the last two seasons that have plagued us and resulted in round of 32 exits. And that has been outside shooting and playmaking from the point guard position, but also scoring at the same time from the point guard position. If we fix those two things, which apparently we we have fixed, but now we've got some size issues. Apparently, if you lose 6'8", Jalen Williams, and 6'9", Janai Broom. Now, it's, I mean, you you poke, you fix, patch one hole, and you get some other holes in the ship, right? Right. But I don't think there's really any better solution to the current game and the way things are set up with the transfer portal and NIL than what we're doing right now. Bruce knew we need scoring, we need shooting. Well, hell, we between Aiden Holloway and Denver Jones. However, you scout these guys out, it looks like we solved that problem, did we not? All right. Well, now we need some size again. Now we need some bigs to go in there and rebound. Uh, to compliment uh, whether Janai is going to be back or not. This is the game. It is a year-by-year assessment. It is a year-by-year solution that you have to employ. And we just have to wait and see how Bruce adjusts, how his staff adjusts, how Stephen Pearl and the new assistant coach go, all right, well, if you're not committed, that opens up some opportunity for somebody else that we have been looking at. So let's go and see who's out there. I I think it's just a a matter of pivoting. Every fan base is going through this. Every fan base is losing top quality players and um, whether they thought they should lose them or not. It doesn't matter how good the program is. People are losing players left and right. Coaches are just going to have to adjust and be as agile as possible. And that's, I mean, that that for me is actually the biggest question is how
1: well is Coach Pearl and this, our Coach Pearl and this staff going to be able to adjust to this new reality? Because it seems as if that reality is changing literally by the day. Right. Like every day, it seems as if the reality of what we are as a uh, a staff and as a program from the player standpoint changes. And so having to make those adjustments on the fly and be agile and and ability to pivot to something else is something that you're going to have to get used to. Coach Pearl has been in the game for a long time. So this, you know, the question is, Uh, just to use the metaphor, not to call them old, but can you teach the old dog a new trick? Can you build a program in a different way than you've ever had to build that program before? Because you've seen success in the way that you've done it before, but this is a new reality. And can you exist in that new reality as a person who's able to make the adjustments? One of the things that I think helped me in my mind to feel as if Coach Pearl is going to be able to do that. Is seeing the way that he adjusted the pace of play from last year. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were very much an up and down the floor team the year before last, and and really all of the years that Bruce had been here at Auburn prior to last year. But then realizing we don't have the same level of shooters. We have a better post presence. He slowed down the pace of play, went to a different style of basketball that was more gritty, trying to grind out possessions as opposed to up and down the floor. Wasn't pressing as much, right? Like Mm -hmm. it just wasn't the same kind of coach pearl team that you expected so he made the adjustments based upon the personnel that he has Mm -hmm. now the question is can he make similar adjustments in the way that he builds his program and then solidifying year over year rosters in the area era of the transfer portal and the flux that happens amongst all of these young athletes trying to figure out what they want to do
0: in this new reality for them yeah yeah agreed completely and and I don't think it's beyond him. He has a very good resource with Stephen Pearl. Number one, being his son, so you don't have to worry about loyalties there. Um, I'm, I'm sure Stephen Pearl has aspirations to be a, a head coach at some point, but I think he he knows that that's an agreement. I don't think you're going to have a West Flanagan situation where. Man, I'm finna get out of here and go work for my old my, my old homeboy. Like, yeah, but Bruce is your old homeboy. So, you know what I'm saying? They they and it's your
1: alma mater, man. Listen, bro. Like, I'm yeah. I'm legitimately starting to hate Ole Miss. Like before it was good natured ribbing. <laughs> I'm legitimately starting to hate Ole Miss now, bro. Like, citizens of Oxford, I no longer like your city. <laughs> I don't like the university that resides within your city. I don't like the colors orange. I um, mean, excuse me, the, the colors of whatever that. Powder blue and red are next to one another. I don't like none of that no more, man. I don't like I don't like y'all, bro.
0: So the, the question though, now with West going, West is a good recruiter. So you knew that was gonna be at least somewhat of a loss, man. It happens all the time. I, I think it were I don't wanna say it worries me, because I don't think Ole Miss still has the capacity athletically with what their resources and their foundation is to compete. On the national level. Now, with basketball, of course, it's different. FAU it's is different, just different. And, and listen,
1: it, despite all of the off the field stuff or off the court stuff, excuse me, uh, Chris Beard's
0: a good coach, right? And so. Right. Right. He's a good coach. So they can be competitive, but I mean, when is our conference not being competitive? If Ole misses up, then I mean I don't I don't know that that's incredibly different than now Florida's going to be better going forward because Todd Golden's over. They are I don't I don't dislike Todd Golden though Todd you alright with me then it's always going to be a Watch bit of a gauntlet be terrible though it's going to be a bit of a gauntlet now I think Georgia will start to get better as well um teams who are bad you get a better coach especially in basketball man coaching I mean it makes all the difference you can have a team full of studs with a bad coach even in basketball and everybody getting their numbers and y'all losing every game because you a terrible coach so. The coaches are getting better. The competition is ratcheting ratcheting up. I think what Bruce does, though, is he builds a team from defense and effort first. And I think that's a foundation to always be competitive. If there's comparable talent, I give Bruce an edge because that's his philosophy and that's how he coaches. And he lets players be themselves, which is another thing I think is incredibly valuable. We were sitting here upset at how many big shots uh, uh, KD and, and Wendell would miss in the last two years. But you know what? They got to take those shots. And sometimes right. them being them, won us some games. So Bruce has an edge in that regard. I think he has to find his footing in the current atmosphere, climate. I mean, this is why some of the old heads retired. Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, they were like, eh, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough of this. Everything's too, too loosey-goosey out here. Um, I got a couple ships. I'm going to just go ahead and call it quits. I think that's that's a fair assessment. Even you've heard football coaches talk about how being a pro coach is a little more uh appealing right now because it's it's way too crazy, man. You gotta recruit and re-recruit and then triple recruit when, when kids are at your program and they wanna stay, but they also want more money. All right. It's 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 crazy right now. Hopefully they find their footing in this era. And uh hopefully, you know what? Again, the assistant coaches that come in or coach that comes in is somebody who's more ready to, to handle that that as well.
1: Yeah, I, I do hope that we find somebody young, able to relate to these players, able to bring the enthusiasm there. Uh, it's clear that Wes Flanagan had good relationships with players. And uh, we can only hope that whoever steps in, um, in his spot is going to be able to bring that same kind of energy to the program.
0: Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Drop!
1: We are going to head to the comment section to see what you guys are talking about this morning in regard to all of the happenings. Jalen Williams declaring LeBaron Phylon decommitting. Going to keep our head up, though. Dana Jones jumps in and says, even the most prolific schools have down years now and then. No worries. It'll work out. Auburn being the most prolific school that ever existed. (laughs) I understand. How you feel there, Dana? Yes. Yeah, man. Hot Dog Water jumps in. I didn't realize Wes, Wes, is, Wes was that influential. I still have faith, but man, we need dudes. Did you not listen to me when I told you that this was a possibility, man? <laughs> Y'all got to start listening to your boy. I, I don't know how many times I got to say, listen to Ike Jones, man. He's not going to steal you wrong. I ain't going to steal you wrong, baby. I got you. <laughs> Yeah, man. Habersham Jim says kids connect to Coach Flanagan and now he is gone. The kids aren't coming. Wow, that's big. Recruits connect with the recruiter more than the school. Well, you're talking about specifically those kids that left because of him. I thought you meant just like ever in like Auburn forever <laughs> and will be doomed to never have any more recruits coming because he's gone. But I got you. I right. yeah, yeah. I was overreacting to your statement more so than you were overreacting to the news. So we're good there. <laughs> Um, John Brandon says, "Auburn fan equals Chicken Littles." Relax. The sky is actually falling, though, John. So let's be clear: it's currently falling. That doesn't mean you can't put your umbrella up and then hope that we survive the fallout. But it ain't. It, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like this is good. This is not good. These these are not things that are good news. There can be better news
0: coming, but none of this is good. I I'm 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 less worried about. Him about Phylon uh, decommitting because that's a guy who is, what eighteen months away from stepping on the court for you. Mm-hmm. That's a lifetime in the current college athletic climate. Man, I just there's so many opportunities for another kid to step in and and, and be that role, serve that guy for new recruits to, to step up. Man, I just I'm I'm less concerned. About, I'm more concerned about Jalen Williams because he has more value than Janae Broom in the in the uh, draft. I believe maybe he doesn't get drafted, but I definitely think at six somebody who can face the basket and shoot it from three and defend. Now he's a little slower foot. Yes. But he's six eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the difference between Janai Broom and Jalen Williams is like one inch. One faces the basket routinely and one does not. And that's huge in the NBA with what the game is right now. So um, I think Jalen Williams probably has more value. I, of course he has some things he can work on, but, uh, and, and unlike Le, uh, LeBaron Phylon, he was a next year. People were counting on him to return next season, six months. He was going to be core. Him and Broome were going to be core, and anchor right. of front court that, that needed more size, honestly. So if we lose even one of them, that's going to be uh, very detrimental unless we can fill in very quickly.
1: Indeed. Super chat here from Corey Weber, who says, John made us aware, but it looks like Corey Williams is official to AU. So this is... Uh, Texas Tech interim head coach uh, Previously the assistant coach At Texas Tech will look for news on that Excuse me as it's reported And if it b- makes it official Then maybe we'll come on And we'll talk about it later today I, You know hey I ain't got nothing better to do Than work for y'all I'm here for y'all You know so If it is made official um, Then we will definitely get on here And talk about it um, Jonathan Boyson says Agreed be will I'm basketball with the one And a uh, uh, with basketball on the one-and-dones, you got to look at next season and keep it moving. They still might recommit because they have a full year to get them back. And that's, this is the way I think you have to approach it, man. Mm. You have to, th- this, this is not the era of get a guy, like you said earlier, be will, and he blossoms in your program over three years, regardless of where he is in the recruiting rankings and all that kind of stuff. This isn't really a developmental league anymore. Right right? Players get developed at a uh, group of five schools. Well, I don't even know what they call a group of five, but like the mid-majors the, the mid majors and JUCO develop players now for them to jump to uh, a major program right. and live out their fantasy right before they go to the league. That's right. the that's what we're in right now. Right. The training ground is a mid-major program. You go there, you show out, and then you jump into a major program and you make a run at a title with a bunch of other athletes surrounding you. Um, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It's it's a new era, man. It's it's not recruiting. I think, unfortunately, is going to start taking a backseat to transfer portal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or high school recruiting. I should say, it's going to start taking a backseat to transfer portal recruiting, um, because you're going to be looking for patch jobs. Yeah, and it's it's going to be you know you got a nail in the tire. All right, cool. We can patch that up, and we can get you to your destination. And and it's gonna cost way less
0: than recruiting mm-hmm. this kid out of high school, right? And and to to add on to that, not only are you you have a need, an immediate need because somebody left unexpectedly. Well, you got to feel that immediate immediate need, and right. somebody's program is gonna be worse for like I don't think Moorhead State was was better for losing Jana Broom. Was it yeah. Moorhead State? Was that where he was at? Yes. Yeah. Like, listen, man. They. These teams have one or two good players and every year they're at risk of losing their one or two good players. ECU was actually decent for where their program had been in football last year. You think they need to lose Avery Avery Jones? No, (laughs) we probably took their best offensive line. (laughs) Dylan Wade, we saw our offensive line mush the defensive line at A-Day and three of those guys were from group of five schools. Dylan Wade, from uh from Tulsa uh Britain from Western Kentucky and Avery Jones from ECU. There are studs all over the place and you just got to be looking and find them and if you're a big enough program, if you're high enough on the food chain, you're going to fill in, you're going to eat and everybody else is going to be left wanting and that's just the game, man. You develop yeah. them down there like you said, pull them up to the big leagues when they're ready.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it progresses as the transfer portal and NIL continue to be huge factors in recruitment. Another super chat. We appreciate Jamal Cunningham jumping in and saying coaches who recruit elite talent are going to have to adopt the Calipari model where you only recruit them for their position and play them regardless and live with the consequences. Mm. I have mixed feelings about this because number one, the coach that you mentioned has not had recent success with his model. So I don't know if his model actually works to win <laughs> the question. So the question you have to ask yourself is: how do you build a championship roster in this, right? Like you right. can build a talented roster. Right. How do you build a championship roster? When we look at championship basketball teams, right? So, like the last two champions, we've got Kansas. And um who just won the title this year? Because I didn't watch the game. UConn. Um UConn, right? So UConn is actually a really good example mm-hmm. of a team who has been able to be successful multiple years. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what is UConn doing different than every other program around the country? That's what you that's that's what college basketball needs to be asking themselves is what is UConn doing differently than every other program is because they're the ones that are continuing to thrive and survive regardless of all the changes. A lot of it has to do with the head coach that's there and the program that he puts together. But how is he building rosters that can compete
0: consistently? So something that they're doing um, that that honestly is something that Bruce has done too is you're not getting a bunch of top 50 guys or even top 100 guys. There are guys that you're going to bring in who are um, role players guys from other teams who just need to step up. There are a couple guys that you recruited that love the UConn legacy because UConn has a strong basketball legacy. Mm-hmm. And you, it ends up being a, you build it from the ground up about 50% with guys that you recruit out of high school and just develop. The rest you plug with the transfer portal guys and then you happen into one or two studs via transfer portal or maybe one one or two good recruits. And the mix of it is what works. And we talked, of course, we always going to fantasize about the 2019 Auburn team that made the Final Four run. Buddy, the year before that, they topped out in the round of 32 and they got blown out in the round of 32. But they stuck together. They were third and fourth year players. And the same thing with Miami. We talked about Miami. They knocked us yeah. out in the round of 32 last year, right? They stuck together. And it not without some drama. I don't know if y'all remember, but I think it was Isaiah Wong who mm-hmm. came. He was like, I'm finna be out of here unless y'all up my NIL. They came to some sort of agreement. He stayed. And then they're in the final four. Talent is going to have to stay together. And I think the overwhelming, uh, the the one location where you can find value is kids who are under recruited and need to be developed. You get them there. You bring them in a program at at the caliber of what Auburn is now, probably a a bit above whatever their recruiting station could be. So you recruit uh, in line with what the mid-majors, the mid-majors are fighting for this guy. But instead of going after the five-star, five-star, you get this guy in here, and you say, I think you have a skill set I can work with, and we're going to keep you here two, three years and let you grow up. By the time they grow up, they should be a third-year player that's playing very well, far outside of what they were recruited as out of high school, sprinkle in a couple of studs that you get one-year, first-year guys out of high school, one-and-dones. And the mix has to be right. You have to Mm -hmm. get the mix right, but it's going to involve some guys who have been in your program for two or three years. I don't think you're winning it without that. I think Calipari's win was happenstance because you had an unreal, if I'm not mistaken, that was the year with AD, Anthony Davis, Mm -hmm. when they won the championship. I don't remember who else was on that team, but I know it was some some NBA guys because that's kind of Calipari's model. Bunch of one-year guys and then we'll see. That only won him a championship one time. I think it's got him two Final Fours. Derrick Rose at Memphis—that was one of his guys. If you do luck into getting one of the premier high school talents that also happens to be a stud NBA level talent, of course you can win it all.
1: Come, but see that. See here, here my, my other the other place that I'm starting to hate is the G League because they keep snatching away all of our premier NBA talent guys. That's true. That's true. If and, we had yeah. landed all of the guys who definitely would have come to Auburn that went to the NBA, we'd, we 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 all are pro like we're not losing to other schools. Right. It's been Auburn or go pro. for yeah. and that's really been hurting us a lot. Um, Jamal wants to come back in and clarify with another super chat. Thank you so much. Should have prefaced my previous comment with, I despise the Calipair model and would rather have a team with third and fourth year players sprinkled with high star guys. And this is what you were just talking yeah. about. We would be will. This is probably the best way to do it. The question is contentment. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a big, like, Looking at the totality of the roster, not trying to have stars everywhere. So you need guys like Chris Moore on your team. Mm -hmm. I said this before. You need guys who are just going to be energy, hustle players. I don't think Chris Moore is an NBA talent, but Chris Moore is a necessity to your team to make sure that—now, I'm not saying Chris Moore couldn't be good in—because NBA teams need Chris Moore-type talents, Right. Right, right. But he's not going to be a guy that's going to skyrocket up anybody's draft board just because there's nothing that's going to jump off of the stat sheet. But you need Chris Moore's on your team if he stays healthy that can come in and defend whoever the best player yes. is, the best ball handler is on the other team. Be physical and go get rebounds. Yes. Give you energy and effort for every minute that he's going to be on the floor, yes. be a guy that's going to get guys together on the sideline, in the locker room. You need those guys yes. to be your yes. third and fourth-year players. You, if you got two or three of those sprinkled around your roster and you surround them with the
0: one-and-done talents, championship roster. Yep, absolutely. And that's what, we, what we've what we been missing is, what we've been missing um, as far as the roster the last two years, it was a critical piece. Of course, it's outside shooting from the guard position. That, that was what has hampered our ability to progress. I think the roster was built fairly well. If you get uh, Wendell with a more consistent outside shot, the same Wendell on this roster, then our ceiling is completely different. Yeah. Our ceiling would have been different. So I don't think we've done a bad job building it. I think he's got the experience with the Jalen Williams and the Chris Moore and the Alan Flanagan. I think and the our Zip Jasper. And the Zep Jasper. We've had the mix. What we haven't had was skill set, outside shooting consistently enough from that group of guys for it to put us over the top. Yeah, and which is why I was super excited and still
1: potentially going to be excited about next year's team because you do have better scoring guards on this team right. with a Denver Jones coming in, with an Aiden Holloway coming in, with the emergence of a Trey Donaldson. Mm-hmm. And then you if, if we get... You know, if we were able to bring back Alan Flanagan, Jalen Williams, Janai Broom with that, Mm -hmm. so you have your experienced glue guys core, Chris Moore coming off the bench, Katie Johnson being a spark plug off the bench, that's a talented Mm -hmm. roster that can make a run, can defend can the only place i'd have issues with that roster would be shot blocking and rebound right, right. i don't know if we can consistently right. do that with that roster right. but you can absolutely get up and down the floor you can absolutely defend one through five you can absolutely shoot the laces off the basketball with that right. team right you got athleticism at your wings you've got ball handling at your point and two guard you've got everything necessary to be a ch- championship caliber roster um the only thing you don't have is really experience in the backcourt right you got mm-hmm. talent but you don't have experience and sometimes that can be difficult as you get into the 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 tournament times But, man, you've got a dynamic roster that can do a lot of good things. So hopefully he's able to pull it together for this season. We'll see. A lot of guys, again, still with pending statuses Mm -hmm. for next season as far as the NBA is concerned. We're going to take a couple of more. We're going to get out of here. But James Barnett says BP will get this right. I trust him just like I trust Freeze. I think the blame lies in the transfer portal. It altered college sports for good and bad. Just my opinion.
0: Yeah, I saw uh, somebody comment, in, and I don't know if it's, it's start or not. But we do. I think there has to be some sort of regulation of the transfer. I think portal. maybe the Dana Jones comment here: can the transfer portal yeah. be tweaked in a way that'll make it a little less chaotic? Yeah, it's it's chaos, and and I don't think it actually benefits players or coaches with this chaos because right now, for example, the the transfer portal has opened for basketball, and the, because the season's over, but the NBA draft is also going on. Okay. I need to know if I can land you, not because the portal is going to close, but because everybody who is looking to fill spots, they're going after the same guys I'm going after, but I'm in limbo with my scholarships because I'm waiting on to see if the players are going to go or come back. That needs to be settled before the transfer portal opens. So you can go into the transfer portal period as soon as their names jump in there and say, I know exactly what spots I got and I know I need you. And that's not going to change based on what somebody who is trying to figure out their future has going on. That would help a whole lot. I know it would help these coaches a whole lot because you don't have to guess about what your availability is. You can tell a kid exactly what his minutes are going to look like or what right. you expect his minutes are going to look like, what role he's going to play. Having to guess and having somebody else go, well, listen, man, I got 30 minutes a game for you right here. I promise you are gonna have the ball in your hands all the time. It's like, well, I might have 25 for you, but I don't know. Hey, Jani, you're you going to stay in. That's not a situation you want to be in because he's right. got a coach at a comparable program giving him hard data as, as far as what he has to offer him. We need to get that cleaned up at the very least in basketball. Yeah, it's
1: uh, there's there's a lot of work to be done here before this season comes. Like Again, uh, what's happening with the 24 recruiting class, we do have time to straighten out. The 23 season is really where I'm worried and more so in the front court. The back court mm. seems like it's taken care of. I don't see any of those guys going anywhere between now and the season uh, but that front court is looking a little thin, so mm-hmm. we're going to have to figure that out. But we are about to get out of here. We appreciate you guys jumping in. This has been another morning drop. The War Report definitely has you covered. We got more stuff coming. We are out of here. We'll be back at you guys unless some breaking news happens between now and then. Sunday for the weekend. Tailgate. Until then, War Eagle. Peace.
0: Peace. Drop.